This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, Mike Kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with this question. I'm Rami Zutani, and today we're talking about the Coco Crater Stairs, also known as the Coco Crater Stairs of Doom. Originally built by the U.S. Army between 1942 and 43, this gas-powered rail tramway ferried personnel, equipment, and supplies from a base camp that sat below. That's now called Coco Head District Park. It happened along a cable-pulled rail car up to a radar equipment and operational facilities atop Pu'umai Summit. But there's much more to this history of this beautiful place and great views. I want to welcome David Nixon, president of the Coconut Coalition. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting, preserving, and rehabilitating the Coco Crater Stairs. Aloha to you, David. Thanks for having me. Hey, good to have you here. Welcome to the program. First thing first, what school you went? I went to a small school in uh, Michigan. Uh, it's a Plymouth Academy. Um, what school you went? <laughs> I went to a school right over here called Kamehameha. Uh, what brought you to Hawaii? I came here with my wife uh, for a job at the University of Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, you, and now you've loved this place and call it home. I do. Yeah. I lived here 15 years. Love it. You know what I love about this, David, is that you, you, not only did you fall in love with the islands, you're taking care of the islands. And, and you, you acknowledge the resources that we have that are so very beautiful. And, you know, there's no secret about it. The Cocoa Crater Stairs gets a ton of foot traffic. Probably the most incredible views of the Windward Oahu and East Honolulu around. You know, it's, it's beautiful. I, um, I dragged my uh, little one up when he was three or four. And uh, I have cute pictures of that. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it gets a lot of traffic. Um, maybe 500,000 people a year. Unbelievable. So, yeah, it's really incredible. And all that foot traffic really wears it down. There's been no maintenance on it since they decommissioned it back in the late 60s. So um, it was really falling apart. A bunch of us uh, got together and decided to form a a nonprofit. We thought, you know, this could be done. This could be fixed. And it really needs to be fixed. And we can't – the alternatives are terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you going to do, tear it all down? That even can't happen. Yeah, and, you know, at one time, what I read and did some research, and I'm sure maybe if you can confirm, there were 1,048, uh, they were called cross ties, but we call them stairs, right? Uh, that's no longer, or is it coming back up now with your great work? Oh, it's uh, way up now. Yeah. Uh, it had dipped um, below 800. Wow. So that's a lot. And we were losing, um, in 2018, which is when the organization formed, um, we estimated that we were losing about one of those ties a week. That's 50 a year you're losing. So yeah. it was not too long before things were um, – there'd be 20 or 30-foot stretches with nothing. Right. But the, um, just the absence of those ties, mm-hmm. it means – because it's really steep. Yeah. It's 35, 37 degrees at some points um, uh, uh, at an angle. And um, so it's not something you can just kind of walk up through the dirt or walk down through the dirt. You'll slide or trip and fall or something. It's really – so um, the absence of the steps was really the problem. And they just, the dirt erodes out around them and then they just fall off the rail and they were just gone or they corroded and, you know, uh, they rotted. 
and disappeared. So you you and a, a bunch of your friends in Hui uh, Hui together, and and today you have a nonprofit, uh, and you folks give back to to the community by you folks build this there. Did you partner with the city? We did. Uh, yeah. yeah, it took us about a year to uh, negotiate <laughs> I can permission. Imagine. Yeah, because you know it's very different, right? We think it's a model for moving forward for really rebuilding the island, but. Um, it took a while to negotiate permission for it. We finally did. Then we um, uh, got the engineering uh, plans put together, worked through the procurement, uh, and we've been working on it since, um, well, we started a little bit in December, a little testing, but really we just started in January. Wow. And we're okay. almost done. We'll and be done in two months. No kidding. And and, and yeah. you folks supply your own equipment, material, or how does, how does that work? Well, so as part of the partnership, the, uh, the city provided a storage container. That's been really nice. Um, uh, tools uh, and a bunch of lumber and hardware. It wasn't enough, uh, but the city, um, you know, they held up their end and we raised uh, money the rest. Right and on. we've raised a lot of money, some from um, institutional donations, uh, a lot of it from individual donations every week. People are donating, you know, five bucks, ten bucks, sometimes more. Uh, it's great. Um, all of that money goes into supplies. We don't really have any paid staff. This is a, you know, it's a labor of love. Uh, visitors from all over the world know about this now. I think social media has really changed that, and maybe that's not a good thing, but it's just one of the many different things that uh, our resources take its toll with social media's presence. I, I think that is a real challenge. I don't think that um, there's going to be more people coming because we've built it necessarily. Like I said, before we even started, there were 500,000 people a year climbing. And half of them are, you know, they're us. Yeah. They're re- local residents. Um, but, uh, yeah, th- that, that wear and tear is, is really substantial. I, I think of it as, you know, we're just making it safer for the people that are going to come. I appreciate that. And I know those who, who do, do – uh, frequent that. And uh, a couple of things I think about, I, I, it's kind of a rite of passage for me. I mean, I, I quietly decided at the age of 40, on my 40th birthday, that I was going to do this. Um, I didn't know if I could finish it. And I certainly wasn't in great shape. So I quietly did it without telling a soul where I was going. Uh, and when I got to the top, I can't tell you how accomplished I felt. Uh, the first time for, for anybody who does it, they'll know that incline and, and increase that you speak of, but it is an accomplishment uh, for, yeah. for those who maybe are not as seasoned hikers as, as others are. Yeah, and people go up there with different mindsets, you know, a lot of, uh, all kinds of different mindsets. Uh, I climbed up there, um, I think about three months ago, with a lady who was climbing for her first time, mm-hmm. a, a lifelong resident on her 76th birthday. Wow. It was amazing. And it was really very special experience. I, I, I was really touched. Yeah, it was it was quite spiritual for me. You know, I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but I really felt like I was on top of the world. And um, so I went home and gathered my three younger children at the time. They're all adults today. And I said, next week, Saturday, we're waking up at 6 a.m. and you guys are going with that. Um, and halfway up, my oldest said, why in the world are we doing this? <laughs> you know, but... The interesting thing is he just returned home with his friends from Minnesota uh, for, a, for a visit, and he took them up there. Yeah. And he's now 31. And uh, he said, Dad, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's as beautiful as that day you forced us up, up there. And, and, and you want him to take his yes. kids up too. Yeah. And that's what we're doing is trying to make sure that that can happen. You're a yeah. huge mahalo for that, making that happen. You know, um, 
That Pu'umai summit, though, it has a lot of history in it. Uh, it was used for uh, practical purposes back, you know, when it was oh, first World built. Yeah, yeah, for World yeah. War II. Yeah. It, when did it all become where it was no longer needed and why? For that purposes that well, the army built it. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not um, super expert on the history of it, but my understanding was um, originally it was lookout. Uh, then it, shift, it uh, shifted to radar installation, but... After um, some po- at some point in the 60s or so, uh, they um, no longer needed it that particular location for radar. So uh, they they continued to use that site area. The Job Corps had something down at the base mm-hmm. for a while, and really nobody used to climb it. It was no big deal back yeah, then. Yeah, it, it really was just nothing. Right. Uh, even as late as um, late 70s or early 80s, there'd be. I, I've talked to a guy who been climbing it for, you know, many, many decades, said, you know, I would go up as a kid and I might be the only person up there all day long. Isn't that something? And now it's, you know, 1,000 or 2,000 people in a day. You know, because I, I, I'm sure there's, there's regulars. I mean, again, I'm not a regular by any means. I've done it maybe a half dozen times now. Um, but I do recall one guy who goes by you at about 100 miles an hour and he'll like lap you. I mean, yeah. there are people who do it Every day, oh, yeah. several times a day, um, and, and just just amazing to me that, that some people use it as a training area. Yeah, and, and that's a different part of the uh, a different kind of a mindset uh, yeah. to it. And we're all trying to stay in shape better than we used to, right? And uh, but yeah, for a lot of people, it's it's a training uh, opportunity. Yeah, um, you know when when I think about though what you folks have accomplished, and, and granted that place has had its share of of you know rescues and injuries uh, mm-hmm. because not everybody's seasoned to go up there, but falls, et cetera. But then at the very top, <clears throat> and I know there's some controversy with th- uh, the uh, structure up there, the bunker. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a bunker, correct? Well, there are bunkers, uh-huh. uh, sort of pillboxes Pillbox, and that kind yeah. of stuff. There's some stuff that's dug into the mountain as well, so underground bunkers. And there's um, a the, the remains of the radar platform is up mm-hmm. there. So the platform yeah. was, um, was what – was deemed unsafe, if you will, right? I, the city felt it was unsafe. They they took some steps to uh, try to remove it. Um, I think that that we we have a plan mm-hmm. in place. Um, uh, we negotiated with the city That's over great. Uh, to uh, to actually, I think, um, uh, tear it out and replace it with something comparable. Because you know, there's a bunch of scrub trees up sure. there, and if you take take that off, then you ruin that ability to see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Maui and uh, Lanai and all that. Yeah, we don't want to and, take And East Oahu and uh, Diamond Head. So uh, they're going to uh, build something new uh, that'll be I hope that comes to fruition. I really, yeah. I, I yeah. pray that does happen because, again, that's the payoff, right? The, the image that yes. you want to have and, and that panoramic view of East Honolulu and all the way, to, like you say, to Molokai. It's 360 degrees. Yeah. You can see Rabbit Island through the little gap between yeah. the mountains. And, yeah. For yourself, you have taken your ch- children up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. they okay yeah. with that? Because <laughs> mine, mine's almost cursed at me. But you know, that's another story. Yeah, I mean, I I played it a little different. I know with my daughter, um, I wouldn't let her go all the way, at first. Oh, you're a little yeah. young, yeah. right? So you can go up to this far, and then um, you know, a month later, you can go a little further. But she's climbed all the way to the top. She's at ten now. Nice. Yeah. Give her that carrot and make it a make it a goal and a game. Yeah. Uh, because it is 
it can be intimidating for those. Who, again, I imagine that that Wahine you took up who turned seventy six. Yeah, yeah. Was there anxiety for her too? That oh my gosh, can I do this? I don't think so. I mean, she seemed she's really on top of herself. She she understood what her limits were and all of that. She took her time, um, and she's just trying to make it a. You know, it was a, a real journey for her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I didn't perceive her um, uh, anxious about it. I see plenty of people anxious. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. You can tell the first-timers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can and really with good tell. reason. You know, sure. you got to be careful. Yeah. It's not safe even under the best conditions. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to be careful. And even the most seasoned hikers can get in trouble. That's right. You know, they can get in trouble, get tired, exhausted, uh, and they need to hydrate like everybody else. Yeah. Like my paddling coach used to say, if you're thirsty, it's too late. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't realize how yeah. dehydrated they are till till it's too late. Well, we've got a trail day going every Saturday, uh, and so um, we've got dozens, I would say, of volunteers. Mm-hmm. I don't know; it's not hundreds, but it's dozens at least of volunteers uh, helping us every Saturday. Yeah, you call them trail days. What if somebody's listening to this and say, I want to get involved. I want to give back uh, my time and maybe even some some funds. Oh, uh, absolutely. What, what, how do they get a hold of you? Go to coconutcoalition.org. Mm-hmm. You can find a button for volunteer. It'll plug you into a schedule. It'll allow you to sign up for uh, dates to, uh, to help out. You can contact us directly. A lot of organizations like to come, you know, at, as a group. And, and we organize a special event f- for them uh, to help out nice. sometimes. Um, there's buttons for donation and all that. I, it's, um, it's supposed to be cute. Coconut Coalition is K-O-K-O-N-U-T-K-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N. I like what you which do there. Is, yeah. It's supposed to be cute, but it's usually more confusion than anything, especially <laughs> on radio. Right. No, but <laughs> yeah. I, I got it. I, I can visualize it. So the trail days, um, again, uh, I imagine you get all walks of life oh, volunteering yeah. their time. And, yeah. and um, happy to be a part of it. I'm sure those guys, whoever are out there on Saturdays, it's a, it's a great day Yeah, to give back. Uh, it's, it's, it's a special experience. And I, I tell people, because um, I go and I talk to people about this uh, here and there, and I try to tell people, you know, you don't get a chance to participate in something like this maybe but once in your life. And you're not going to want to miss out on this one. You're going to want to go. And volunteer at least one day mm-hmm. so you can say, because it's going to be done and you're going to be able to point at that right. for a long, long time say, I helped with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, um, I, you know, it, it's special. It's exhausting, really exhausting, but it's just very satisfying. We're, um, you can track. Uh, there's, there's a link on our website. You can track our progress. Wow. So we've got it mapped out. But, um you, uh, you mentioned uh, the original steps, there were 1,048 steps. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are at anchor 33 right now, which is about step 850. Terrific. So we've got a couple hundred steps left, and that's it. But I remember that you used to have uh, numbers. So like knowing I was at step 500 and then yeah. step 750, I mean, I was usually, I would often use that as my landmarks the few times that I went up there. Knowing I still had X amount of, have you folks relabeled some of those? We have, you know, we have a, a kind of a technical uh, numbering system set up for the work that we're doing. So we uh, we mostly are tracking things by the concrete anchors. Okay. There's 45 of them um, between the bottom and the top. Uh, but I think the original, um, those markers that you remember, you know, the 300, the yeah. 400, the 800, those are still there on the rail right on the top. Somebody's painted them with, I don't know, some pretty tough paint. 
and, nail, and nail polish. Keeping it as 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 um, intact and as in original condition as possible because you don't want yeah. to take the beauty away of the experience. Yeah, within the limits of um, what's possible engineering wise, we really wanted to make sure that you know we're not putting up railing. Yeah. Or we, we didn't want to change the essential character of it, which is, uh, you know, just some wooden steps yeah. and straight up. It is. It is a beautiful journey. If you have never been on it, if you if you ever thought about it and say, oh, that's not for me, give it a shot because it's, it's, it is worth every step. Uh, on the way down, I'm not sure if you'll feel the same way. <laughs> it, can be a little, it can be a little daunting. I know people who go down on their okole. As yeah. opposed to going down on, on their steps, and Jesse Makadengdeng is staring at me because I know a lot of people don't like going down that way, so they'll go it's down. It's a little uneasy, yeah. yeah. There's a little bypass. I, I try to make sure people are aware. There's a mm-hmm. little bypass around that bridge, which yes. is the area that I think most people are kind of uneasy. But there's all kinds of ways to get down. You just slide down on your butt. Yes. You know, all good. It's fine, yeah. You just hold on to that rail. <laughs> I think more people fall at the very, very bottom than anywhere else. Because by the time they've climbed all the way up, get all the way down, they got the rubber legs. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. You're, and you're giddy with joy. And then, oh, yeah. And then, then three days later, you just can't even use the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's for another story. Hey, David, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thanks that, for having me. That, that was very cool. Yeah. And I again, if people want to get a hold of you or want to volunteer, they can go on Go to uh, coconutcoalition.org. Okay. Um, that, that is a website. Uh, you can also join our uh, Facebook group, which is uh, Coconut Coalition. I think we have an Instagram account at, at Coconut Coalition. Uh, Trail yeah, Days. Yeah. Trail Days is when it happens on Saturdays. Trail Days every Saturday morning. Usually we get started by 7 and we're done by noon or so because we're all tired. I bet. Well, uh, it's, it's a labor of love, like you said, and I really appreciate the efforts that you folks have done to, to keep this uh, Cocoa Crater Stairs of Doom alive and, and really for the next generation to, to love and enjoy and, and be a part of. You know, we can't control social media, but we can control what we do, and, and you folks are taking the time and effort and, and get, generating the funding to make that happen, and I, again, I'm very thankful to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're, we're really proud of uh, what we've been able to accomplish and just very thankful for everyone who's chipped in. Mahalo nui, David. Hey, mahalo nui for joining us. Join us next week for another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, ahuyo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.